0: you are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities.
1: I found a 5 million ounce along with my team in Africa. We found a significant mineralization in uh, in Mexico, uh, but I, I'm really excited to go from the 5 to the plus 10 million ounce. Realm.
2: Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers, and in today's show, we're getting an update from Eminent Gold Corp. Website is eminentgoldcorp.com. They're a show sponsor. I also finance this company at 70 cents Canadian as well as 45 cents Canadian uh, this year. Shares have been trading in that 45 cent to 50 cent range. Uh, actually, have been holding up pretty well for an exploration company considering the market. So joining me today for an update is the CEO and director, Paul Sun, as well as Dan McCoy. He's the chief geologist, and he's also a director. So gentlemen, welcome on to the show. Uh, Paul, I understand that you're doing some geophysics at your uh, Round Mountain Analog Project. Round Mountain is uh, 20 plus million ounces in Nevada, and this project is the Spanish Moon Project. Could you please give us an update of what's going on here? Absolutely,
0: thanks very much, Bill, for having us on. Appreciate it as always. And as you mentioned, yes, um, as, a re- as a reminder to your audience, we do have four projects in our portfolio. Uh, Spanish Moon is is one of them. Uh, we are the first as a company to consolidate this area as a district. And um, if, you, if you kind of imagine where Spanish Moon is located, looking at Nevada, we're just south of, of center, if you will and, um, our project Spanish Moon has multiple mineralization types. We have the past producing uh silver mine Barcelona mine, which has produced over two hundred thousand ounces of silver high grade silver I'll add we have past historical drill intercepts, gold intercepts at our Antone canyon, and then very recently um we've you know as as analogy to hot springs, which has never been explored before we've have this Meadow Canyon target, which really is in the northeast uh, area of our our property boundary. And we call it an analog to Kinross's 23 million ounce Round Mountain as it sits on the edge of the Round Mountain Pluton. And Round Mountain's on one side and just 13 kilometers away on the other side is is Meadow Canyon. So if we go to the next slide, you can see here, or, or to those viewers, I'll try to explain. We basically have plutons and, and calderas, which create a lot of heat and pressure. And along the edges, as where uh, the margins of these calderas and plutons is, is where these mineralizations or mineralizing events occur. And again, we have the round mountain on one side, and then on the other side, we have we have Meadow Canyon. Interestingly enough. Um, structurally, there's also um, what we call a pull apart basin, which is directly a- analogous to Round Mountain and what we think is at Meadow Canyon, even though there's other uh, deposits, multiple gold deposits in eight kilometer intervals around this Round Mountain Pluton. So we think ours is certainly can hold the size, at least at this point, of a Round Mountain and um with that maybe just to help your 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 listeners understand how and why these uh mineralization events are so important i'll I'll pass it to our chief geo uh dan mccoy to uh to give you a quick one-on-one teach-in on uh, on calderas
1: thanks paul uh there's there's pretty much nothing i like talking about more than calderas Uh, but i'll try to keep it brief uh Whereas a lot of geologic processes happen very slow over millions of years, um, calderas are, are not that kind of thing. They're very dramatic and abrupt things. And as uh, any of the listeners out there might have visited either Yellowstone or Crater Lake, that's, this is essentially the phenomena. Those were more recent, uh, occurrences than what we're looking at. But essentially what happens is you have a big magma chamber that's feeding volcanoes, right? And it might be feeding relatively small volcanoes. And by small volcanoes, we're talking about Mount Rainier and so forth. But uh what Cal calderas form when you have a massive volcano it's a massive volcano that preceded yellowstone the massive volcano that preceded crater lake and what happens is after one of these huge eruptions which none of us in the u.s have ever seen in our lifetime like mount saint helens was basically a little firecracker compared to these kind of eruptions so when these eruptions happen essentially the magma chamber empties and when or at least partially empties. And when that happens, you have a collapse. So if you look in figure one, you've got your, you know, kind of relatively small volcanoes happen, then you have a massive eruption. And the massive eruption leads to a collapse. And it's this collapse that gives us the opportunity to form these huge gold deposits, like we see at Round Mountain, for example. So when you have this huge collapse, now you still got lots of, of heat happening, lots of water circulating. You still have magma down there heating up the whole situation. Uh, so it's a perfect environment to form gold deposits because as we talk about in our Hot Springs range project, what you need to bring tens of million ounces of gold to the surface is these large crustal cracks. And that's what you get when you have these gigantic eruptions and collapses. The other thing you need is water. So you have steam being extruded into these cracks, and then you have water forming in the crater lakes. And, you know, anybody who's been to the pools at Yellowstone and so forth, you know, you could see all this bubbling, these geysers, this active geothermal environment. And that's what gives us big gold deposits. Paul was asking me, well, why don't we have them at Yellowstone? And I'm like, we do. It's just it's too young. It needs to it needs to cool off and erode a little bit. And I, I'm I'm betting that Yellowstone probably has tens and not hundreds of millions of ounces forming right now below it. And so the fortunate thing for us at Round Mountain and at Meadow Canyon is that things are eroded to like a perfect setting, right? Uh, at at uh, Round Mountain, you know, one of the the only problems, I think, for this kind of exploration that really impacts us as well is you also have like sediments that form on top. So you get like little lake sediments and stuff. You need those to either erode off or you need to find some way to see through them so that you can see where these... Um, uh, where the systems really lay, and that 's where we 're at with metal canyon that 's why we 're doing geophysics so uh moving on from the uh the how and uh why now we 're going to look at where is it and how do we find it and so we 'll start out by looking at round Mountain, and so we think we 're in a really analogous situation to that um it's, this is a little bit overly complicated diagram. The important structure to look at is right here. So this caldera structural margin, if we go back just one, that's this. So we're looking at the difference between the uh, volcanics, these intra caldera volcanics. And in the case of Round Mountain and Meadow Canyon, these Paleozoic sediments. And so this gives you a really good combination of things. You've got this really deep-seated structure. You've got some good chemical differences between these host rocks. It's it's really a perfect situation, which is why there's 23 million ounces there. And so if you go from uh, looking at uh, Round Mountain, now, one of the things before we move on to this that I think is interesting to look at, so you can see up here, you know, all of this in the pit above the it's all either recent sediments or old sediments. And that's what I'm saying. That's the the difficult thing about exploring for these things is they're often quite covered. Round Mountain, was it was fortunate that it was discovered at the surface, but it was only a very small occurrence that made it to the surface. And most of the deposit was discovered by drilling afterwards, drilling through these overlying sediments, right? The difference between that in our case, is you know we have the same structural margin, but we don't actually see very much of min- much of mineralization coming up. We've got a few uh, good you know up to two hundred ppb gold anomalies in soils, but most of it is covered with these same sediments that were overlying Round Mountain. We haven't seen um, like Round Mountain. We don't have a hill where you can see the mineralization coming to the surface. And that's why we need to. Um, that's why we need to use the geophysics to tell us where these high conductivity areas are. The high conductivity areas being where we're expecting to find this mineralization.
0: And and, and uh, Bill, I just wanted to point out there that we we have these side by side pictures here, and and for those that may not see it, what we're really trying to show here is from a scale perspective the Meadow Canyon target is also analogous in size, not just in, you know, formation, but also if you look at, um, you know, the scale of of Round Mountain, and and it's, you know, a few kilometers across, it's the same situation on the Meadow Canyon side. So just
1: for those. Right. T- and yeah, you can th- see that, and you can see that once again, in uh, when you look at the scale and the cross section as well, you know, at uh, Round Mountain. So this is, you know, 300 meters here. It's it's a, a very large, wide deposit and cross section. So what we're looking at here is once again, we have both these, these, uh, caldera bounding structures that are so important, as we pointed out in our schematic diagram. And then you have all this mineralization that comes up in these structures and in subsidiary structures that are right next to it. And that gives you this, um, beautiful target. So you've got this these disseminated uh, gold deposits. You also have some high-grade veins. People, want th- people think of disseminated ore deposits like Round Mountain, 23 million ounces. There's a lot of high-grade in there too. And we're expecting that we'll find the same thing at Meadow Canyon. So this is what the geophysics is going to do for us. You can see at Round Mountain, you they very, very fortunately, we're able to find below these lake sediments and these other sediments that obscure the mineralization. They were able to find a little bit to get them them going. We found some soils that excite us, but what we need to do is we need to run the geophysics, because once we run the geophysics, it's going to show us where these feeder zones are, where the rock has been altered and destroyed by these mineralizing fluids, which is gonna give you a high electrical conductivity anomaly. So that's where we're at right now. That's It's very exciting and uh, we're expecting to have results by the end of the year on this.
2: And then from there, you apply for drill permits after you refine the targets?
1: We actually, because we're looking for such big targets, we've expedited that process. So we've actually already placed drill holes in this area and are actively permitting them right now. The Forest Service has been um, very reasonable and and timely to work with in the recent past. And um, so we're doing, you know, we're in the process of doing the studies that we need to do to uh, permit those holes. But because we're looking, that's the advantage of looking for a 23 million ounce deposit. The advantage of looking for such a large deposit is you're gonna hit it. <laughs> You you don't have to have your holes specifically placed in a specific area. So we actually started permitting those holes even before we started the geophysics so that we can, uh, you know, and, and in the process of doing the studies, you know, we'll quickly eliminate anything barrier that might be in the way to us expanding that drill program in the future. Uh, Kinross on the other side of us has recently picked up um, ground closer to us. That's also in the Forest Service. And they're going through the same process with the same people. And so, Is is that a result of um, of what you're
2: putting out publicly about your target here? Did that that spur Kinross on to acquire land closer to where you are in light of the work you're doing here?
1: Um, It it very well could have. Uh, It's hard to say. I can't really exactly predict why they would uh, do it. But I know that Kinross, because... Um, and, and it's no secret. I mean, there's no, no, uh, uh, information that isn't widely available that I'm, I'm talking about here. But obviously the Kinross's project in Russia has been shut down. Uh, this is, this is really a big, big money making project for them. And so they're, they're devoting a lot more resources to doing their own exploration, both on the property that they have and outside of that property. So.
2: Dan, when you're talking about this, uh, I sense a high level of confidence that of probability that you're going to be successful. And I want to share with you an email I got from a listener, could have been three and a half years ago after I interviewed a CEO for an exploration company. And he said, Bill, the, the one issue I had with your guest was that he talked about the deposit as if he's already found it when he hasn't even put a drill hole in yet. So yeah. if somebody were to say that to you, how would you respond
1: Obviously, you know that's that's the, that's the risk reward ratio that we we get in this business. We don't we don't invest in exploration companies to get a uh, a ten percent uh, increase in our value. We're looking for a thousand percent increase in our value, and so obviously, you know, there's no guarantees in this. It's just what you do is you look for as many um, pieces of evidence that overlap. So in this case, the pieces of evidence that overlap um, are caldera margin, uh, some soil anomalies, um, the structural setting for it, which is you know well known and can be mapped at the surface. And one of the things that we share with Round Mountain is not only is there a big structure through there, but there's several structures. So we're getting these pot- potentially structural situation that gives us a lot of pathways for fluids to travel. So I would say each one of those is kind of a, it's, it's kind of like a, an argument in court. Every time you you add some supporting evidence, you increase the likelihood that uh, that there's something there, but you don't know until you drill, obviously.
2: And so you came out of retirement for this project too. So the supporting evidence and the analog you're working with was enticing enough to get you out of retirement.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I'm, I'm extremely motivated to find plus million ounce deposits. And, you know, I found a 5 million ounce along with my team in Africa, we found a significant mineralization in, uh, in Mexico uh, but I, I'm really excited to go from the five to the plus ten million ounce realm. Because, and plus uh, ten
2: million ounce in Nevada, which is yeah. you know the really America's best jurisdiction. How many plus ten million ounces have we seen discovered in Nevada in the last year? It's only been one, right? If I recall.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There hasn't been a lot. They don't they don't it doesn't happen very often. And that's why you work your whole life as a geologist and and increase your knowledge base and uh, try to get with the best people that you can in order to get into that rarefied category a lot of geologists make no discoveries and so you know that's that's basically what i live for and what i dream about is getting into that 10 million ounce category and so we're obviously we're looking for the kinds of situations that can get us there and so some of these things are, especially in Nevada, are gonna be early stage. And so you have to stack the evidence up one on top of another until you really feel like, okay, everything is really lining up here. And that's when you that's when you put your drill holes down.
2: So Paul, you have two plus twenty million ounce targets. Uh, you also have the Hot Springs range project, which is a uh, 20 plus million ounces, actually a 40 million ounce getchel trend analog is how you've described it. And then you have two smaller uh, projects as well in the multi-million ounce, but not the 20 million ounce uh, targeting. So maybe talk us through your second big swing and how are you mitigating the risk? Because you're still an early stage exploration company. The market isn't so hot right now. Uh, what is your approach to the Hot Springs Range project?
0: Sure. Yeah, Uh um, so hot springs was basically brought to us by a married couple that, uh, both did their PhD, uh, dissertations, uh, in Nevada on, on mineralization types, um, uh, on, on carlin style, uh, mineralization, which is exactly the, the hot springs range setting. It's, um, just on the other side of the 42 million ounce schedule trend. It's the intersection of the battle mountain and the 42 million ounce schedule uh, trend and, um, kind of. You know, thematically, we you know eminent is is uh, is is uh, taking a fresh perspective and and using new concepts um, for exploration. And Dan just mentioned, yeah, there hasn't been uh, you know a big discovery in Nevada for a while, and a lot of people always argue, you know, there's a lot of gold in Nevada, but maybe it's already been found, and and that's not true because um, there's a lot of stuff that you see on surface, but the stuff that you don't see on surface is there. Um, you just have to you just have to work hard harder to find it and and come up with a thesis. And that's exactly what um Justin and, and Ajit Miller did uh during their PhD thesis. They they staked uh land on the other side of this trend. And exactly what Dan said, systematically, methodically ticked every box uh there was to build the confidence that you know now we're going to, we're going to go drill it so the soils the, the geochem uh the geophysics everything um was there and 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 similar it's it just it, it's a blind target so you you don't really you don't really see it which is what which is exactly what we just talked about at, at Meadow Canyon so certainly there is a big swing um, there is risk in that but we've built our portfolio there's there's four projects in total so as you mentioned we have Aside from Hot Springs Range and and Spanish Moon, which are the big, multi, over 10 million ounce swings, we have uh, Weepaw, which is in the Walker Lane trend. That's actually the oldest open pit mine in Nevada's history. So that's uh, been a past producer, just under 120 million ounces. Uh, We also have Gilbert South, also in the Walker Lane trend. Um, It's a high-grade Bonanza vein system. There you see uh surface expression. Um so again, those two uh are are further advanced in terms of exploration. Um so there is, you know, confidence there because there has been in some cases past drilling or production. So um, you know, so, so theoretically, uh, you know, there is uh higher confidence or we call it low, low-hanging fruit in terms of uh our portfolio to diversify, you know, the, the big swings on, on each side. But also uh, to be clear, um, you know, what we are looking for is multi-million ounce uh deposits. So even at WEPA or Gilbert South, we are looking for multi-million ounce uh deposits. That's not to say uh, they're 10 million ounces, but you know, we'd like them to be you know, at least you know, kind of two or three million ounces, uh, or we're not really interested in, in kind of holding on to that, to that property. So um, that's how we think about mitigating the risk. Um, we can three of the four are, are ready to drill. We can drill them in parallel or we can drill them in serial. Uh, we have quite a bit of flexibility. And of course, we are in Nevada. So, um, you know, we can drive to all the properties. Uh, infrastructure is fantastic. Resources are there. So uh, we couldn't be in a better place.
2: And what would be the next steps, uh, Paul? You're waiting on the geophysics uh, from uh, Spanish Moon, but uh, what else is the company doing to move these projects forward?
0: Yeah, so uh, as Dan mentioned, geophysics hopefully come in uh, kind of mid to late December. Um, hot Springs, we are effectively drill, drill ready. We're permitted there. Um, we can do some ongoing road work at, at WEPA and Gilbert South, but three you know are pretty much ready to go and on spanish moon um we'll continue with that plan of operations that Dan talked about but again we already have our our drill hole positioning there um so yeah we uh I, you know i think as you mentioned at the outset um capital markets haven't been the strongest um so we we want to be careful we've been head down this year doing less expensive work that gets us ready gives us that confidence as opposed to you know putting a a drill hole in where you know even if we find something amazing uh the market might not reward us for it that's kind of the market that we're in so we're being careful um on the timing of things but uh certainly we are anxious to drill and you know i think uh look forward to drilling in in early 2023
2: so what you're describing is kind of the perspective I saw someone put on Twitter, an, an intelligent person who understands the exploration market on Twitter, where they said, you can't just do nothing in this market if you're going to have an exploration company. You have exactly. to at least prime the company exactly. so that when the market turns, you're ready to go. Would that be what you're saying?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We're, we're, we've, we are up to date on all our uh, technical reports, our 43-101s on, on all our projects, our title opinions. So we've done all the work. So we're, you know, we're basically, you know, ready, ready to go hundred percent.
2: And Dan, you've gone through the cyclicality of uh, the mining sector. Any comments you have on how you're running the company through uh, where we're at right now?
1: Uh, When I, when I finished my dissertation, one of the, my committee members asked me in my defense in 2000, how do you feel about studying the formation of gold deposits when no one will ever want gold again? (laughs) and uh so at any rate, of course, by two thousand eleven, they were eating their words and uh and I was pretty happy. so seen this happen multiple times, and that's what uh what the younger geologist I, I part of my job this year is just to say, "Hey, it's turned around before, and it will turn around again, and then you're going to be wishing you had less work to do."
2: <laughs> that's a great point and i had a friend tell me yesterday he said bill i was at a conference in toronto recently and someone came up to me and they said gold is dead and he said that was one of the most bullish signs i've had for gold yeah, yeah, in, in yeah. a while. it, it is, it is. <laughs> wow. capitulation
1: that you love it when that happens yeah
0: any
2: yeah. commentary on that paul or
0: yeah no i mean we always you know i'm a past you know banker uh you know before this company and we, we make those jokes all the time you know when when you're in a, a when you're in a cab and and the taxi driver gives you a a stock tip to buy a company, you know, that's the time to sell the company or, or, you know, or short it or whatever, because it's, it's, it's at that point where it's turned. And it's the same thing with gold. And when people are saying that, you know, gold's dead, which I, in my experience, I don't think they're saying, but you know, that is definitely a a bullish signal in, in my mind. And certainly what's happening with the Fed and everyone, you know, has an opinion, but, you know, I think, Gold is going to have legs and, um, you know, I don't obviously we're a gold exploration company, so, you know, we will move with the gold price. But really what we're building here is is, is a portfolio for for discovery success. And um, as long as there are senior companies um, producing gold and the mandate is for them to produce gold and replace the reserves, that's I think where we're gonna create the value it's It's not about uh you know trading with the gold price, it's about creating value, finding the next discovery in nevada that's gonna that's gonna create value for our shareholders
2: and Paul, one more thing before you go um as I mentioned, I helped finance the company at seventy cents then again at forty five cents, you didn't even see a fifty percent decline when many other exploration stocks saw a ninety percent decline. Maybe give your commentary on that.
0: Yeah, well, first off, Bill, thanks very much for continuing to be a supportive uh, shareholder. We really appreciate it. All our shareholders, we we were aligned with you. Uh over 50% of the company is owned by by insiders and, and technical personnel. So um, you know, we're all aligned to make that discovery. Um, yeah, we we raised just under $1.4 million in, in the late summer. And um, you know, we're very careful with our with our cash. And um I think it is a testament to our shareholders. Um it has been a pretty rough market out there we're still trading above uh, above issue price and uh things are holding in there because i think you know as i said people are are in this thing to to see it to you know to potential discovery so uh we're we're very blessed to have the shareholders that, that we have and
2: um you know we're working hard for everybody and dan any final thoughts as we conclude
1: i would just uh, concur with what paul said i i think that um, geologists tend to be naturally optimistic people, at least in the mineral sector business. But as both of you mentioned, you know, we've seen these ups and downs. And I think the thing is, it's, it's just like riding ways. You know, you do what you do and you do what you do every day. And then you wait for things to turn. And that's, that's when it all happens. Excellent. And so you just have to be patient sometimes and, and be willing to invest in things when everyone else thinks, quote unquote, they're dead.
2: That's right. Well, I'm going to link to in the show notes, especially if you're listening in an audio form only, there's a lot of educational value as Dan talked through some of the images that we shared today. Uh, You can learn about uh, these type of deposits as well as the investment potential investment value of what we discussed. So I'm going to link to the PowerPoint in the show notes as well as the company has put out some kind of field work videos uh, describing their projects with boots on site. And I'll link to the recent videos the company has put out as well. Uh, Gentlemen, really appreciate you coming on the show today and thank you for providing this update.
1: Thanks so much, Bill, as always. Thank you, Bill. Always a pleasure.
2: The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts, might cost 50 or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion.
1: There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for one returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the